0: Hi there. Next week, Chris Doss, Executive Director of PDX Jazz and the Portland Jazz Festival will be here to give us our annual rundown of the performers, virtual as they may be this time around. The last week of December and the first week of January we'll have my two favorite Coffee Shop Conversations episodes of the year. That's going to be fun. But today, this is one of those times when I get to meet and talk for the first time with someone I should have met years ago. Don't know why we ever never did, but today in the Artichoke Music Cafe, I'll be talking with Katon Lyles, percussionist, multi instrumentalist in a wide variety of genres, and he's an actor too. He's involved in an ongoing series of performances called "Walk a Mile in Our Shoes." We'll get to that first. Meet Katon Lyles. Katon, welcome to the Artichoke Music Cafe. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. I know, and we were as I'm not. I'm not letting any cats out of the bag here, but uh, we were talking before we started. I hate when people do that. You know, we were talking before. Well, why don't you just, why don't you just turn the machine on, for Christ's sake? Oh, anyway, well, the statute
1: uh, of limitations, <laughs> maybe.
0: <laughs> anyway, it's funny. It's such a small town. It's a small music town. Mm-hmm. And you and I have been around forever. We've never met, hardly. <laughs> I don't get it. I uh, we know, know every, we, every everybody you know, I know, and and vice versa. Isn't that weird?
1: It's just, you know, well, uh, different paths and personalities and all that kind of, we're on different orbits, and every once in a while, everything lines up, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Well, I'm glad we finally did. Hey, so am
0: I. We can't say that anymore. Nope. We're in the moment. (laughs) Interesting. I know his stuff, but I've never met him. Oh, now I've met him. Okay, there we go. All right. <laughs> tick that box. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, why don't we let's let's get started with uh, "Walk a Mile in My
1: Shoes." That's, that's your sort of. That, that was that was that your show, um, not necessarily my show, but it mm-hmm. was a show that I became deeply involved in. Walk a mile in our shoes. Our shoes. Sorry. Yeah, um, and that's that's a common thing that you know everybody does is it because yeah. it sounds so similar.
0: To yes, the old w- meme. What was his name? That the guy that had that song. Oh, uh, The a country singer. Yes, uh, wasn't uh, Mac Davis, was it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mac Davis. I, always, I could never. Uh, you stand might Mac be Davis. close. Yeah. You might be very close. <laughs> Joe. Right. Uh, Joe. Somebody. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, moving on. Walk a mile in our shoes.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And um, I
0: won't get that one wrong again. Oh, and if you do, <laughs>
1: you do. You know, it's like you know, it's not a big deal. <laughs> All right. So, what what was that exactly? I know there's been one so far, right? Right, and it's it's hopefully going to be a series of shows Uh that basically um, uh, gives perspective and uh, perspectives, excuse me, and music from folks from the African American community here Mm -hmm. in Portland Mm -hmm. that um, you know during especially during this time, you know, we need to be heard. Yeah. Right. You know, musicians, um, in times of strife and troubles, are often called upon and or step up to. Mm-hmm. Um, be those calm voices. Be those healing voices. Be those folks who are the basic newspaper on the emotional side yeah. of the actions that are, that are that are happening. Yeah. Yeah. So walk a mile in our shoes kind of came about. Behind things that were happening in Portland, mm-hmm. um, and just a way to kind of take a pause, mm-hmm. and take a breath, but also let folks know how we in our community, as musicians and entertainers, mm-hmm. feel about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And using that as a, a virtual platform, and yeah. it was all, co- you know, the whole thing was done by the book. Yep. Um, To um, give folks an opportunity to see what we're what's going on in our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to start opening dialogue Mm -hmm. and and back and forth. So that's one of the things that we're hoping with our upcoming shows will Mm -hmm. happen. But what was in this first one? What was wow? Um, What did you do? What did I do? Yeah. Um, I took uh, and, and leaned upon um, traditional West African mm-hmm. um, percussion mm-hmm. and did a piece that um, is about calling folks together to heal. Mm-hmm. What instruments? Um, it included djembe mm-hmm. and dununs, which yeah. are like the big bass drums. Yeah. yeah. And um, got a chance to work with chuck barber Mm -hmm. and edwin coleman the third and what was wonderful is that they were you know it's not something instruments that they play Mm -hmm. every day Mm -hmm. but they you know it was fun working with them Mm -hmm. to get this this point across and bring that that music from the motherland to here Mm -hmm. you know and keep that continuing going because that's very very important
0: yeah yeah it's also interesting i was Love the, the name of Dunum because it's what that's what it sounds like. hmm
1: It goes Dunum. Yeah. <laughs> and depending on what part of West Africa you you visit or uh-huh. who your teacher is, you have Dunun, Dun Dun. Uh-huh. Or d- when I first started playing uh-huh. with the Northwest African American ballet back in the eighties, we called it Junjun, Huh. So they all, you know, um they're all relative to the same three instruments. Uh-huh. Dunumba, which means large dunun. Uh-huh. Sangban, and Kinkini, uh-huh. so, uh-huh. so teaching them those parts and then working with the Djembe parts and just you know having, bringing forth that expression, and that connectivity to, the ancestors. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that was that sounds like something that would kick off the show. Uh, as a matter of fact, it did. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I thought it was very important to. Um, in our conversations about shaping the show mm-hmm. of what, what would it be like to start from yeah. the roots, from African roots, yeah. and then bring it on up, bring it over into the Brazilian Afro-Cuban piece, up into mm-hmm. New Orleans, up into mm-hmm. the church, and just moving it forward to more contemporary things and kind of ending up with, uh, you know, having a funky good time. yeah. <laughs> Um,
0: and so, uh, so did do, did you participate in, in any of the other parts or did you just do that for the opening?
1: Um, yeah, I actually got a chance to participate with, uh, Steele, all right, low Steele, mm-hmm. and, uh, Lauren mm-hmm. and also got a chance to work with Charles Brown, the third. Ah, yeah, man. And, I had uh, him in here. Charlie, uh-huh. but he's amazing. And then, um, Oh, uh, uh, Tevis. To uh-huh. his Hodges, uh-huh. um, and you know, trying to lend some some support and percussion yeah. to what they were doing. I think mean,
0: I, I I think I called Mr. Brown the uh, the, the current thing, mm-hmm. the current young player that everybody should hear.
1: Yeah, the young lion. Yeah, 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 yeah. We definitely roars. You know? Yeah.
0: So funny um, when I asked him who his main influence was in keyboards. And he told me it was Oscar Peterson. Hey, not a bad influence. I'm not that have. great. <laughs> that's I was, I was. I was. Mean, he's a young guy. That's the last thing I ever expected. I heard Herbie Hancock maybe or something. Oscar Peterson. Yeah. 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 <laughs> man, one of my favorites for sure. Of course. Anyway, you know. Um. So what? Oh, that's somebody's ringtone, not mine. Not mine. <laughs> Wasn't <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. So, what did, what did you play with
1: Charlie? Uh congas. Uh-huh. And um it was part of La rondas uh set as uh-huh. well. So. Uh-huh. Wow. Hm. But uh, basically played congas, um little bongo and cajon. Uh-huh. Cuz cajon is kind of like the um I don't know. It's it's taken over in popularity because one it sounds really cool. Yeah. It's been around forever, forever and all of a sudden right. it's had this res, this big uh, in my opinion resurgence. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. and it's portable, you know. Uh-huh. You can you can imply a drum set sound, uh-huh. you can imply conga, I mean it's it's very adaptable yeah. Yeah. to and you different can sit styles. Out. Pardon? You can sit down. Yeah. <laughs> in case you're tired. That's right. <laughs> you just gotta you know and i i shied away from it because i'm a large man yeah sitting on a little box and if it breaks right, i mean not right. only will i be the laughing stock it might actually hurt <laughs> You <know? laughs> yes you're right it, about uh, that and yeah, it was a lot of fun it. working with tevis because uh-huh. prior to the show we got a chance to get together because uh-huh. i had never worked with him before uh-huh. and I, it, uh he had uh Come up with some material. I believe he wrote it specifically for Walk a Mile in Our Shoes, mm-hmm. and if he did, not it sure fit like a glove. Um, mm-hmm. And we got a chance to go out to a park with his guitar mm-hmm. and myself, and it was just really interesting to put that out there and see people's reaction.
0: You mm-hmm. know, it was just—it
1: mm-hmm. was awesome. It was awesome. That right. it wasn't—it wasn't all music, was it? No, um we had spaces where um, each artist uh-huh. was given space to speak uh-huh. speak their truth, yeah uh, or reflect on um, what it is to walk a mile in our shoes, yeah um, Renee Mitchell was um, our m c fantastic job, uh-huh. fantastic job, and we also had video inserts um from people that felt that we have influenced them in some way and because of COVID um Norman Sylvester had a whole video um, shoot that he had produced and um and we entered that into the show as well um fantastic Uh that's fantastic Uh what did you talk about um, I to boil it down so that I don't go on and on and on. I don't care if you go on and on. It's well, a it's a, it's a it, podcast. It, <laughs> <laughs> there's um, no beginning. There is no end. There well, is. there's a beginning,
0: but there's you know mm-hmm. the end is when they when I
1: when, when they get tired of listening. Right. Right. <laughs> well, that works. Um, I talked about making sure we don't lose our humanity mm-hmm. through all of this. I mean, we can have differences of opinion. But at the end of the day, we are all human beings on one planet. Mm. And, um, you know, to some folks, that's kind of pie in the sky. But, you know, let something, a big enough threat challenge this planet. And we'll see how quickly everybody decides that we need to work together. You know? Yeah. Um, But aside from it taking it that far out, um, you know, the... Institutional racism that's been a part of this country and the world has gone on far too long. Yeah. And I, you know, um, people, I'm, I was very touched to see how many people who don't look like me mm-hmm. think like me. Yeah. Yeah. And realize and are willing to go to the mat to change things. Sure. You know, because once that institution and those institutions and that setup is done for, we can get on with living, man. Right. You know, and there's enough here on this entire planet for everybody. But if you cook the books, so to speak, Mm -hmm. so that one particular section or one particular group reaps all the benefits... You know, over time, that's going to wear out. You know, it's just not sustainable. Yeah. And um, and that's basically what I was talking about at uh-huh. that point in time. Uh huh.
2: Uh huh.
1: You know, that's good. It's, that's it's, good. it's way past time. And as I explained to some folks who want to see all these changes happen immediately, uh-huh. it's my view that this is a marathon. Not a sprint. Right. Um, I was watching um, I Am Not Your Negro. James oh, yeah. James Baldwin's film. What a great documentary. And I was transported back in time to yeah. my youth, and mm-hmm. and, and all mm-hmm. those feelings came up, mm-hmm. all those memories came up of being a young man, um, going to protest, listening to my elder speak. hmm about what was going on and what kind of changes could be made and you know just taking a stand and then uh my wife came in and says hey i was watching with my son mm-hmm. and uh she said uh, do you hear that helicopter circling <laughs> around i'm like no i'm watching tv i'm not paying i mean i should yes. be paying more attention but i didn't hear it and uh my son jumped on social media and said oh there's uh the protesters are marching down <laughs> the end of our street on MLK and it just hit me like stepping yeah. on a rake yeah, yeah. we're still doing it yeah. today yes. and that, that juxtaposition of looking at this documentary yeah. being in my feelings yeah. about that point in my life and then to see that it's still happening it just yeah. really drove it home
0: yeah you know, it's, it's, uh, it's both inspiring and depressing
1: Right, but it's also a call to action. Well, yeah. I mean, you there's know. never, the call to action's never stopped. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. And like I said, to you know, it's just like in running a marathon and, and comparing it to that. I said, you know, I was telling some folks, and I said, to, in my opinion, we've just gotten a mile one in this marathon. Oh, yeah. yeah we yeah, elected yeah. the United States of America and its participants, elected a black president. Mm hmm. For two terms, yep, and he's still alive, yes, <laughs> mile one yeah yeah and now yeah. it's it's been an uphill climb- it's always been uphill, but it's getting kind of steep with um with some of the viewpoints and people just digging in their heels because I think some folks um are a little threatened by change, a little. <laughs> Yeah, I said that kind of tongue in cheek, but you can't see that on the radio. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, change is hard, Uh but change is inevitable. You know, there's this. Change and truth are two things that most people at some point or another struggle with. Uh You know? Um, And, uh, you know. That's just it. It's a struggle. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's going to change. It's going to be different, you know. And as black folks, our resilience has kept us going for, you know, since we've been been here. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. whole thing about, well, you know, everybody came over on a boat and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Don't get me started with that. I said, <laughs> yeah, some folks got a chance to, had the opportunity to walk on the boat. Yeah. Free will. Right. right? Okay, so let's not get it twisted. Right. Um, Right. And um, I believe that with change there will be an improvement in just the overall quality of life on this planet and relationships. Yeah. You know, once folks figure out that there's really nothing to be afraid of, in sharing mm-hmm. and caring. Yeah. You know, it's all about love. I mean, there's there's that whole thing in every religion that I've come across. Mm-hmm. It, um, there is an element of love, whether it's and most of the time it's love in the positive. But mm-hmm. you've got some places and some religions where their love comes from the counterbalance yeah. of the negative, you know, yeah. but yeah. that 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 love thing is there. You know, and it's just a matter of trying to get that needle to move (laughs) in a more central point where both sides can get along.
0: Are you optimistic? Are you trying to tell me you're optimistic? Right now, (laughs) I'm just staying in the
1: moment. Yes. Yes. And um, I'm leaning toward, yeah, I'm leaning toward being optimistic. Well, good for you. You know, Um, but there was a quote that I read in, uh. Oh one of those newspaper magazines that they used to have back in the day um oh anyway I can't remember yeah, exactly yeah. which what the publication was but there was a quote in it and it said that dreamers build castles in the sky mm-hmm. idealists live in them <laughs> and realists collect rent from the <laughs> both of them <laughs> You know, so well,
0: I, th- I, I think of the Moe's Allison song. I'm not discouraged, but I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: True. Yeah, I mean, and there's, and there's 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 a lot of justification for that mindset. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, but I think, you know, seriously, if we take take. Take hold of our humanity and cut the bullshit. Mm-hmm. We can get it done. You know, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be some work. Because when folks' whole existence has been based on a lie. Right. And they have nothing else to counter to that. It's going to take a minute. Yeah. It's going to take a minute. Yeah. But even, a ch- you know, most children know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. Deep, deep, deep. So it's just a matter of of, of working with people and having some patience, you know. And everybody's moving at their own rate, yeah um building bridges to shortcut to mm-hmm. truth is you know very, very important yeah um, and again, it's just like you can't have it your way all the time, yeah. uh, one of my mentors uh Jeff Jeffries mm-hmm. um said. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. But if you're smart, you can have half of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, okay, yeah, all right, I'll go with that. I'll go with that.
0: Okay. Um, what do you think? Are you think of yourself as a percussionist, mainly? Yes. Okay. Because oh, um, That make, makes it's sense. It. All right. Um, did you drive your... your your parents crazy banging on things?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Abso freaking Well, it's supposed know? to be. That's the way it's supposed to be, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> uh you know, big
0: big big shout out to uh, to Max Roach's parents and and Tony Williams' parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody uh yeah. who, who's the parent of a percussionist.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's Many students, I mean, many, many little kids bang on stuff once in a while, but yeah. there's a few of us that just have to do it. Yeah. It's different, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, was it Pots and Pants? Pots, Pants, and I had a uh, Tonka. <laughs> um, it was a turquoise green Tonka pickup truck. <laughs> when you flipped it over on its back. Uh-huh. <laughs> and hit it with um because i didn't have drumsticks. yeah but he hit it with the back of a wooden spoon <laughs> it sounded like a snare so i was Is like, right? i'm in okay <laughs> you know and after i could start producing drum set sounds it was off to the races <laughs> you know so did you start with a, a drum set um no started with pots and pans i mean after that <laughs> <laughs> um and snare drum yeah started Uh-oh. with a little snare drum uh-huh. um when i was in i guess preschool you know the whole yeah. i went to a lutheran church because uh-huh. it was the closest church um to my house and my mom was raised baptist and the family baptist church was like a trolley car yeah. and a bus ride away and you know it's like sunday mornings ooh so she said well wait a minute god is in the church where, you know, Grace Church is uh-huh. also down here at Lutheran Church.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So you need Jesus. Uh-huh. You're going to the one that's closest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Lutheran Church music is not known for being funky. <laughs> uh, no.
1: But the little, uh, the kindergarten you know rhythm bands. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah, uh-huh. that got funky. Well, <laughs> I tried to make it. Well, funky. if you were in it, I guess so. Yeah. You know, and, and I... I <laughs> My mother, if she were still around, she'd still be laughing because everybody was playing their parts, and if anybody played their part a little off, I was on them. (laughs) No, 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 you got to play it like this. (laughs) So the teacher, very smart woman, said, you know what every orchestra needs? She said, I don't know. She said, a conductor. There you go. So you get to be the conductor. <laughs> so that was like, oh, okay, leadership skills. <laughs> but then, um, as I grew, up. and they up, listened to you. Um, sure they did. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they tried. Yeah. You know? Um, but you know, we got a chance to play in mm-hmm. front of the whole church, and it was it was you know it was that cute moment. And play I t- what? What kind of tunes? Um oh man, that's that's pushing a few brain cells around. Sorry about um, that. That's all right. Um there you. were basic percussion pieces uh-huh. um where the teacher would play melody on um either xylophone or glockenspiel. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, um not too heavy on the groove, but yeah, yeah. It you know, it was the cute factor. Right. So Glockenspiel, you know, huh?
0: Yeah, I was wow. just
1: like, well, you know, Lutherans, Germany, why hey, not? Hey, Glockenspiel has a very unique, unique and sound to it. It's loud, yeah. it covers up <laughs> lots of heinous mistakes. <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, and then as I got a little older, a friend of mine's father, mm-hmm. um, Ricky Mears' father, was a drummer. Ah. And he said, okay, here's some sticks. Because I'm tired of you guys just banging on stuff. (laughs) Um, Here's a snare drum. This is what you do. And he taught traditional grip, Uh which was foreign to me. But, Uh you know, and he he was explaining why it was done that way. Uh And and then uh, gave us a little six-inch splash cymbal so we had something else (laughs) to hit. Uh We had a ball. Well, Ricky decided he wanted to play guitar. Oh, there you go. And his father was like, "Well, what about you?" And I was like, "No, I'm sticking with the drums, man." <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just—it was fun times, fun times. Well, what
0: kind of stuff would you guys
1: play? Um, stuff we heard on the radio. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then, I what this, era was that? Oh God, that would have been the early '60s. Uh-huh. So Motown. Oh yeah, yeah. Motown. Um, a Funkier? A little, like
0: James Brown and
1: stuff like that? James Brown, Pigmeat Markham, Here pick Come the Judge.
0: You know? <laughs> I've played that on the radio. Um, what else? Um, Wasn't it great that he had he, he he had a second career? Absolutely. Came back. You know, you got to give those guys a, a laugh and credit because they brought him in. Yeah. They had somebody else do the Here Come the Judge and they, somebody said, no, no, no. Yeah. Pigmeat's still living.
1: Yep. Get him <laughs> on. Um, but then... I think I think it was like fifth grade Mm -hmm. uh, young audiences came to my school and I think the orchestration was French horn Mm -hmm. harp wow and piano wow and I fell in love with the harp did you I was like whoa because the woman who was playing she was a badass (laughs) huh Um, and they were doing, you know, some traditional classical uh-huh. style uh-huh. pieces. And then they opened it up and started improving. I mean, mm-hmm. this was in Philadelphia after all. So, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> yes. And what she was able to do and move around on that, I was just fascinated, you know. It's like, wow, I think I want to play harp. And then I kept thinking, well, I also want to play accordion. You know. But trumpets are really cool yeah. and <laughs> guitar and it's I wanna yes. master every Everything, instrument yes. in the world. <laughs> and I went to talk to the music teacher about playing trumpet. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I said, you know, everybody wanted to play trumpet. Yes. mode, you know. Right. And, and he said, Yep. Oh yeah. And he said, Wait a minute, you got full lips and long arms. Have you ever thought about trombone? Ah trombone no (laughs) so he put one in my hand (laughs) oh yeah i can do this (laughs) so it was um into band school band Uh and um junior high school band and then i was called out um we had the roosevelt high school Mm -hmm. excuse me roosevelt junior high school in philly I was in the first ever jazz band. Because we told the music teacher who <laughs> was, oh God, I can't remember his name, but he was with the uh, Chicago Symphony at one point. Uh huh. And, uh, he wanted, uh, he could hear that we were getting frustrated with playing old dead white guy music. Yeah. And John Phillips and all that <laughs> stuff. And we were just like, man, come on. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. we would jam out to the stuff that was on the radio with yeah. James Brown and all yeah, that. Yeah. And he was listening. It's like, wait a minute, dude. they're They're kind of nailing it. <laughs> and so he came together and said, all right, if you're going to play jazz here, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to try. Uh-huh. And I was still playing trombone at the time. And I was like, all right. And it was time for my solo. And my junior high school, the everybody in the audience was a critic. Of course. A very vocal critic. You're in Philly. What do you expect? Hey, buddy. So <laughs> if you're not coming correct, don't come at all. Yeah. You know? Just don't <laughs> show it up, you know. Right. <laughs> so I'm standing there, and we're getting ready to play. and We hit, uh, forget it. I really need to try and remember the name of the tunes. But anyway, at one point, it's time for me to take a short solo. Yeah. And I stepped back, composed myself, had memorized the solo, so I didn't want to look at the page while uh-huh. I was playing. I wanted to look out in the audience or just close my eyes, uh-huh. and I knocked my music stand over. Oh, no. With the slide. Oh, geez. So I couldn't read it. And then I was kind of freaked out because people started laughing and I did not like being laughed at. No, no. So I just said, just freaking play. (laughs) And I started blowing. And before I knew it, people were like, Oh, Hey, and people were (laughs) into it. And then it was the next guy's turn, you know, and I picked my stand up and we got back into the tune. (laughs) And the teacher comes over to me and he says, um, we really haven't worked on improvisation much. Uh, Good job. <laughs> he said, you got away with one, didn't you? <laughs> but then that you just You were how really, old then? Oh, what, 12, 13? <laughs> Prime embarrassment age. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I kept studying and kept working on it. And I kept practicing. And he recommended that I go to Saturday school. Uh-huh. So at a time, at that time, being a musician, going to Saturday school was like, ooh. Uh-huh. Not everybody gets asked to go yeah. to Saturday school. You have to yeah. have a modicum of talent to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. So I went to Saturday school, and I'm sitting here, and there's just three other guys in the trombone class, <laughs> and they were all good. <laughs> and I played my parts and everything, and the teacher says, Lyles, come here. I'm going to recommend that you go down to uh, audition for the All-City Orchestra. Whoa. I'm like, Really? <laughs> so I auditioned and I got in, huh? and that's when the rubber hit the road. Um, I was used to sitting first chair, and oh. I got there, and I was third chair. Uh oh! And my little ego was like, "Hey, <laughs> how come I'm sitting third chair?" <laughs> and the <laughs> conductor looked at me and he says, "Hmm, you're new. <laughs> Have you heard the young man at first chair? When you can do what he's doing." As good or better, you'll be in first (laughs) chair. But until then, you're here. (laughs) And that just was like, oh, I'm going to get better. I'm going (laughs) to get better. Man, I hit the wall. Did
2: you? Yeah, simply because
1: it was like a lot of the music we're playing to me is just droll. Oh.
2: You know, Mm -hmm. it's
1: just like, it's like, it's, you know, come on, pick it (laughs) up (laughs) or something. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) all my friends were playing parties yeah you know um having fun being kids Uh and you know and i'm going downtown on a saturday when i should (laughs) be out having fun and finally i just said you know what i'd rather play a different style of music than classical Yeah. yeah you know and and the scouts were starting to show up, and mm-hmm. my, you know, my mom was understandably a little upset, upset. I guess so. She said, "But if your heart's not in it, your heart's not in it." Yeah. You know, because my at one point I aspired to be um, a trombonist with the Philadelphia Orchestra, and I was hoping to to be under Norm, uh, Eugene Normandy. Uh huh. But yes, you know, I changed my mind, and huh? I'm glad I did. You you're still glad you did? Yeah. All right. I wouldn't be here talking to you. Okay, it would be a whole <laughs> different path. I probably wouldn't be in Oregon. You know, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, then started experimenting with guitar and and uh, guys in the neighborhood. It's uh-huh. one, in fact, one of my oldest and dearest friends, Kenny Graves. Um, we started. We used to go to the, the boys' club, and the, the mm-hmm. club was kind of like the place where everybody went. Yeah, and. Um, somehow they came across some Wurlitzer stereo guitars uh-huh. and distributed amongst a couple of us that were interested. So we're like, okay, cool. And we started our first band called First Session ah, with three guitars <laughs> and found a kid in the neighborhood who could play drums. Yeah. And, you know, we just kind of jam out. We had one One of the guitars tuned so that it sounded more like a bass. One guy played rhythm, and uh, I played rhythm, and Kenny played lead. Uh Uh-huh. And we worked up a couple of jams, you know, like three or four. And we thought, hey, this sounds okay. Well, somebody from the club heard us and said, you know what? We're having um, a music music, uh, uh, extravaganza. Uh Uh-huh and we want your your group to play (laughs) and we're like what (laughs) hey man we're just a jam band he's just no no we we really want you to play well they had hired well i don't know if they hired but there was another band that was before us Uh and they were professionals (laughs) you know i mean they these guys actually had amplifiers and (laughs) i mean real deal yeah yeah, yeah stuff and and they were good, and we got up there, and all the folks in the neighborhood, all the you know brothers in the neighborhood, were like, "Yo, man, what what you doing with a guitar?" You know? <laughs> and we just started doing our thing, and before we knew it, they were having a great time, and it was just like, "Wow, this is a relief because mm-hmm. if you don't play well with this crowd, you may not make it home." <laughs> you know, <laughs> talking about a rough crowd. You yeah, know? I understand. Because you know, the whole gang thing was still going on. Sure. And both gangs are in there. So oh boy. you wanna make sure that everybody's happy. Yes. You know, there's no yes. beef. Yeah. yeah. And that was fun. And then at one point Kenny reminded me that we opened for Les McCann. Whoa. Um which I'm like, Wow, we did, didn't we? Huh. <laughs> you know. And it was one of those uh, community event kind of things uh-huh. and he was uh-huh. there. So it's like <laughs> Interesting. I <laughs> wonder yeah. if Leroy was there with him. More than likely. Probably, yeah. More than likely. <laughs> um, yeah, just growing up in, in that, that era, in that town, you know, in yeah. Philadelphia at the time, uh, there's several people that I've run into after the fact, uh-huh. like uh, Lee Garrett. Yeah. Um, the Rock and Mr. G on WDAS. Uh-huh. mm uh-huh um and he stayed not too far from me because he was the blind guy yeah who's always walking up and down the street singing top of his lungs <laughs> and then it wasn't until you know about 100 years later um he shows up at a slow train gig huh. and i was like you know and he said you from philly yeah and then he, he then i started listening to his voice and going wait a minute yeah, I'm rocking, Mr. G. <laughs> I the was <laughs> like, "Oh <laughs> man!" And then, uh, yeah, he came into the group after that and just kind of set things on fire and wow. really um, helped songwriting development because uh-huh. during that time, during this is a huge jump, yeah. you know. Um, he would always we would always pull somebody from the audience. Lee would, you know feel their faces and get in a sense of of what they look like to him Mm -hmm. and get a name Mm -hmm. and then Johnny on the spot start calling out different things for folks to play and Mm -hmm. create a song right there on stage in front of everybody. It was a big draw. It was, yeah, Yeah. but it was also the art of, of songwriting Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, coming up with hooks on the spot and all Mm -hmm. that stuff, you know, it was just invaluable. Just mm-hmm. invaluable, mm-hmm. they, you know using some of that uh, tutelage. Yeah, got a chance to work with John Smith and Valerie Day from New Shoes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And right before they went on tour, you know, John said, "Hey, Atlantic Records wants to use one of our songs on the album." I said, mm-hmm. "Our songs, the ones that you and I co-wrote." He said, <laughs> "Yeah." I'm like, "Cool, good." You know, and there's a whole other story behind that. But yeah. anyhow, yeah. it was it it, it happened, and yeah. he calls me up one day and says, "Hey." Um, got a little present for you. You need to come by the house. <laughs> so I come by the house. He hands me a gold record huh. with my name on it. There you and go. Co- I'm like, hey, all right. <laughs> Say, mom, you remember all that banging on pots and <laughs> <of> pans? <laughs> well, this, this is... <laughs> here's part of the result. Yeah. You know?
0: It's amazing how, how much radio DJs influenced us back then. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we had the uh, Hot Rod, Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he. I, th- I don't know if he ever worked in Philly, but uh, he was my hero. Maurice Hot Rod Hulbert, interesting. Commander Hot Rod, the real Zio Zod. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I, I have a air check of his, a little air check of, of him, him introducing a song, which I play on the radio a lot. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm. Mean, matter of fact, he
1: ran for mayor one time, and I voted for him. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting how. Yeah. Because back then, we, uh, the internet didn't exist. No. I mean, there was pay phones. Right. Um, you know, bring your ass in the house by the time the street lights came on, yeah. kind of a deal. Yeah. And they basically felt the pulse of the city. Absolutely. And there, within- I, and there I was in bed with
0: my track, my little 8-transistor eight, um, eight radio. Oh, I had a 6. Did you?
1: <laughs> Uh, listening yeah. to
0: Hot Rod play, play James Brown and, uh, you know, uh, Sam Cooke. Well, and was, yeah, and you know.
1: with that little six transistor radio, because it, it also helped me think about, you know, how radio works a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And that little crystal in there and mm-hmm. how I was able to do well. Late, mm-hmm. late at night, you could pick up Puerto Rico. Oh, sure, sure. I was to Chicago.
0: And I was, years later, I always wished I could have gotten that station out of Memphis hmm. Because Hot Rod actually was on that station for a while. Wow. Uh, and um, uh, but uh, yeah, it was important. Yeah. It was, that,
1: was, that, that was important. Mm-hmm. It really was. Yeah. For me, <laughs> listening to the radio back then was kind of a connection to you yeah. know, the world and listening to stuff coming out of Puerto Rico just hooked me on salsa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And yeah, his yeah. mother was like, what are you listening to? <laughs> that's, that's not James Brown. I said, No, nah, <laughs> it's not. But, man, is he cool? How many
0: percussion instruments do you think you have?
1: Ballpark. Uh, I don't know if I want to say that on the air. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just say I have trouble moving about my house because <laughs> of the instruments. And my house isn't that big. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, there's drums in the bedroom, yeah. uh, <laughs> basement corners. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't have any currently in the kitchen, <laughs> but that's about the only room. That's the house. pots and pans are. Well, that's true. <laughs> point, point, point,
0: point taken. Um, <laughs> uh, do you have a, a current favorite instrument? Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I'm sure it varies from time to time, but you know, is there something that you you just sort of pick up these days
1: um djembe yeah yeah still (laughs) because it's it's such a versatile instrument yeah and the patterns um depending on what what uh what what rhythm it is and the place that it comes from yeah and uh the uh the way it's structured. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fascinating to me.
0: Yeah. I interviewed Don Cherry one time in the middle of a recording session when he was recording Multiculti. hmm And Jimbe was right there. Right there. Yeah.
1: He loved it. Um, I got a chance to hang out with Art Blakey. Did you? When he came to do a clinic at Jefferson High School. Wow. And um, one of the nicest cats... That's good. Oh, man. That's good to hear. Yeah. Nice cat. Uh, straight shooter. He ain't pull no punches. Um, and uh, at one point, he was staying at the hotel around from where Bruce Smith was teaching classes, and I was accompanying uh, drums, uh, accompanying the class. So I invited him to come over and check it out. Mm-hmm. And he did. He showed up. And people, a lot of the dancers were like, well who's that old man sitting over in the corner? You know, I said, uh, you know, that's <laughs> Mr. Art Blakey. Art Blakey. He's a geez. freaking <laughs> hero and a legend. <laughs> and he said, he reminded me of Africa to USA with Laji Kamara. Uh-huh. One of the people that i tried to emulate and, and hope w- we got, I d- finally did get a chance to meet Laji um, up at Washington Park years, years later. Uh-huh. He said, Yeah, man, that Chembe, man. He says, Yeah, listen to that stuff we were doing. And I realized when he recorded that record, I was like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um Art was you know, and that was I'm trying to remember it was with Mulgrew Miller, uh-huh. um, Terrence Blanchard. Yeah. And I cannot remember who was playing bass at the time, but and they were gener they were kind of new. Uh to be one of the messengers yeah and everybody was just the nicest human beings yeah yeah and then they get behind their instrument and turn into monsters well
0: that's (laughs) what you know i mean that's that's what i i i I guess he was he got recognition for having everybody in the world come up through his band (laughs) yeah yeah because everybody in the world
1: came up through his Mm -hmm. band you and know. Steve Berrios was yeah. his road manager at uh-huh. the time, uh-huh. you know. And, and i have been listening to Steve and being influenced yeah. by, um, by him f- for long, long periods of time, uh-huh. you know. So uh-huh. it was just a very wonderful experience to spend a week with the masters, you know. Yeah, yeah. So how are you doing these days? How are you um, holding up? I'm, uh, I'm doing all right. I mean, I got no need to complain. Most of my problems are first world problems. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um yeah. I'm. I've been told that because of my age and some of the the health challenges that I have, um, you know, I've got to be uber careful. Right. But aside from that, you know, I take that into consideration every time I go out of the house yeah. and yeah. just try and stay healthy and promote other folks yeah. to do the same thing.
0: I've got the ta- I got the target on my back too.
1: Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and it's you know. It is what it is. And it's, again, it's not going to last forever. Right. As long as people do the right thing. (laughs) Yes. And trying to pretend that, you know, oh, it's not going to happen to me. Because, uh, surprise, Skippy. Yeah. You know, um, this particular coronavirus doesn't give a shit. No. Are you able to to teach? No. Oh. No. Um, I was teaching for a while in the uh, parking lot during the good weather. Uh, a rhythm trader. Rhythm traders. Yeah, and um, I was comfortable with that, and mm-hmm. all the students were comfortable with it. Um, at one point, when the weather started turning, yeah, uh, I was like, "Hey, why don't we?" You know, they were they were in a position to to get a canopy. Uh-huh. You know, with sides and stuff. And I was like, well, since so you drop the sides, it's right. being inside and yeah. Eh. yeah, Besides, it's cold. Yes. <laughs> I I don't play drums past, you know, <laughs> once it gets below 60. Right. Or right. Uh, you know, yeah. 65, actually. It's yeah. The yeah. drums don't like it. Right. You right. know, and you've got right. these beautifully tuned instruments and you yeah. take them out in the cold and they sound like oatmeal boxes. Right. Been there done (laughs) that yeah yeah um and then looking at trying to find a space that's big enough that has enough airflow and enough social distance space
0: yeah yeah it's tough it is plus now we're back to last spring
1: yes (laughs) and that's that is just so freaking frustrating yeah it's just ridiculous yeah yeah but that's the way pandemics work
0: Right. You well, have when, to when, be de- when, yeah. when when the
1: people in charge are not dealing with them. <laughs> and it, yeah, and it, and even when folks are dealing with it, pandemics and viruses are alive. Right. They mutate. They want to stay alive. Yeah. Um, I just read something that I need to fact check about minks being killed in Europe. Oh yeah. yeah
2: because yeah. there's a,
1: a jump. Right. I'm like, well, who the hell's getting that close to a freaking to a mink? mink. <laughs> really? I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I know a lot of things. I just don't know how right. a virus is going to jump from a mink, from right. the, you know, who's on the ground. To, but, you know, I guess it happens.
0: People <laughs> uh, even, don't even wear a mink anymore. Well, some people.
1: I guess. You know, I, I mean, the, the oligarchy... The, you know, well, it's okay. a whole different can of I worms. I guess. I guess. But, uh, yeah, this is. Yeah. Uh, I'm so just really what, hopeful that.
0: What you about know, your acting? Have you been able to do any anything?
1: Uh, not really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, pretty much everything's shut down. Everything is shut down. Yeah, I know. I know. Everything is shut down except your brain, and it doesn't let me sleep much. Right. You know, right. it's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And everybody's brain is kind of going through the same thing. And I was yeah. just thinking, you know, the last time we had a pandemic, things shut down. Yes. Musicians were out of work. But after that, the music that came out of that, what's going to happen with the music that comes out of this now that we also have the Internet?
0: Right. Ooh. Yeah. I know. It's a, It's...
1: Well, let's hope we survive to hear it, huh? Oh, I plan <laughs> on it. I plan on it. You know, the the other thing, too, is back to teaching. is like, well, you know, teaching online. I said, you know, that works for some instruments. Yeah. But for traditional West African stuff, that's yeah. the drum was created to bring people together. Yes. You play together. Yes. When yeah. you play together on the current platforms on the Internet, uh-huh. it's just not happening. Not there. You know, um, so until I can figure out how to get everybody broadcast quality, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, gear, it's going to be a tough, tough road. You know, then yeah. it just lends itself to you know the call and response teaching. Yeah, and there's only yeah. so much of that anybody can take, in my opinion. You know, especially if you've got f- five, six, seven, eight, ten people uh-huh. that are used to playing together. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's hard.
0: Yeah. Well, what about another uh, walk a mile in 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 our shoes show? Um,
1: It is coming. Okay. Um, Currently, um, some of us are forming a uh, more of an organizational arm. Uh huh. It's called Cope. Cope. And it stands for Coalition of Portland Professional Entertainers. There you go. And we're. Designing this to be um, more of a a, an empowerment aid for other musicians Uh and entertainers and artists. Yeah, Um, and trying to make sure that people get paid equitably and fairly. Uh And we'll be partnering with other like-minded folks who have um, the wherewithal to help us out with that kind of, uh, uh, with Uh this particular venture. Yeah. So uh, again, COPE is, is in the process of being formed right now. Uh We're still putting together, um, our board and, you know, making sure we get the right status with the IRS and all that. So that um, when COPE produces another walk a mile in our shoes, Uh It's all above board. Everybody yeah. knows what's going on. The yeah, musicians yeah. know if you do a walk a mile in our shoes program that your pay is going to be fair and equitable. Yeah. The spaces that we're doing it in know that they're giving and we're getting and mm-hmm. it's all above board. It's not this yeah, this yeah. thing of like, you know, well, here's a hundred bucks and you get the tip jar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. those days are done. Man. Yeah. You know, yeah. why is it that? other professions are have a working and living wage and we as musicians don't right we're just as professional yep. we provide as much you know same intensity of service uh-huh. as anybody else but yet when it comes to getting paid it's a laughing stock yeah so yeah. and it's hard because you know folks come out of school or they're younger and they just want to play and be entertainers and whatnot that's great but they undercut the pros. Yeah. yeah, you know, I was really surprised talking to um, Doc Gibbs one time when I was in Philly. Uh-huh. Uh, my mother was very ill at the time and um, hooked up with him and it's like, so are you gigging around town? He says, nah, man. Uh-huh. I'll gig around here. He said, if I want to make any money, I go to out of town, I go to New York, go yeah. to, you know, he says, yeah. Yeah. otherwise I get treated like a local.
2: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: A local yokel. And I'm just <laughs> like, but people know. He said, it doesn't matter it doesn't who matter. you are. Right. That's just the nature of the business. Yeah. I like, it's so wrong on so many different levels. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. Uh. So that's what Cope's all about. So keep your ears peeled for... Yes. Of that. Yes. And, um, and, and uh, we'll be and, doing uh, walk a walk mile in our shoes. We'll be doing some more programming coming up in the near future as well. Good.
0: And can, everybody uh, don't, uh, don't 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 uh, you, you can see it. You can read about it on Oregon Music News, everybody. That's right. Because we'll have it there for you. Hey, thank you so much for coming in, man. Oh, you are. It's more been great. It's on. been it's been really nice. Uh, finally getting to meet you and talk, talking with you. And best of luck. Thank you. And let's walk through this, huh? Oh, absolutely. All right. Bye
1: Thanks. For now.